Hi again, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo. This is program number 553. If you'd like to have a copy of it so that you can hear it again and again, because these uh, tapes are very deep, these CDs are very deep, they're above university level, and some people think that because of the fact that they're above university level, it's still the simple gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And to those that really want to know, uh, it's very, very, very easy to know. And I'm going to break the scriptures down to you, uh, and I always do, to where they're easily understood. And there's not one speck of heresy in the things that I'm telling you. It's absolutely the truth. So you're going to be hearing a lot of scriptures this evening, because we're uh, actually uh, doing this program. Uh, must be around 2 o'clock in the morning. A lot of the times that's when I'm uh, that's peaceful and quiet around here. The phones stop ringing and people stop knocking on the doors and all the other confusion of business during the day. And I'm able to concentrate on the Holy Spirit uh, to bring messages more so at that time. We've got uh, possibly, I don't know if we'll read them tonight or not, or the early this morning, but um, we have letters and we've got music. And I'm going to be expounding on the scriptures, and we're going to be reading from the book of Hebrews and several other places, and probably the first chapter of Proverbs also, to know wisdom and understanding and all these different things. Now, wisdom is uh, the uh, fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord, the Bible says, is the beginning of wisdom. And the fear of the Lord is wisdom. And the Bible tells us to seek wisdom and understanding with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Because there's so many people that are false brethren. And the Bible tells us to beware of false brothers. Because there's so many false churches today that it's perilous. The Apostle Paul told us that uh, he was in peril, uh, dangers dangerous perils, hazards, yeah, and he said that he was in perils of false brothers. Now, perils means uh, dangerous. It means dangerous, hazardous, capable of uh, inflicting harm or injury, dangerous, dreadful. So these false brethren are dreadful because they disguise themselves as angels alike, because even Satan does the same thing. And the, he, that's where he operates, it's in churches. Because when people go to church, they certainly don't feel that they're going to be deceived. But the Lord Jesus warned us of deceptors uh, five times in the uh, 24th chapter of Matthew. He tells us to watch out for these false prophets, to these deceivers. And Paul then tells us to watch out for false brethren. And there are many other things. He says perils of the sea, uh, hazards, because his ship went down. And the people were going to commit suicide. They're going to jump overboard. But the Lord uh, told uh, the Apostle Paul that if everyone jumped off the ship, that they would perish. But if they stay on the ship, that they wouldn't perish. Well, the Bible uh, likens the Lord as the ship. And certainly when you're in, uh, a, you know, when I was coming back from uh, England on the Queen Elizabeth QE2 years ago, 
I mean, the swells seemed like they were hundreds of feet high, and that uh, the whole uh, ship would just creak. And we, I, to me, it felt like it, I was on a cork because the sea was tossing that huge, huge ship around as though it were a feather or a little cork, and it would uh, go. You'd actually hear the noise of it going way up in the air, and then all of a sudden, and we'd all—you'd have to hang on to these railings on the deck because you'd be just um, actually horizontal. And then all of a sudden, it would start start going down. And I thought for sure that that uh, ship—I just couldn't. I thought, well. <laughs> These ship makers must know what they're doing, but I thought that thing was, everybody on the ship was sick except five of us. And they say that people that have um, glaucoma, they have tunnel vision that they don't get seasick. But all the different people that I was with, they were people from the church that were actually false brethren because they fell away from the Lord. I knew they were saved at one time but just like the Lord said if they fall away he said he'll blot their name and your name out of the Lamb's book of life so it was in there they were saved we don't get in the Lamb's book of life by accident or everybody in the world is not in the Lamb's book of life but when we become born again of the Spirit then we get put in the Lamb's book of life and he said if we don't continue on in faith if we don't continue on keeping the commandments, walking in the Spirit, according to the Word of God, then he says he blots our names out of the Lamb's Book of Life, or he'll spoo, and if we don't do it zealously, he'll spoo us out of his mouth. And therefore, um, uh, you know, it just shows all throughout the Bible of how uh, these are people that were saved, because they were in his body. Uh, so, you know, with these false people, these false brethren are telling you that they are, uh, that there's no falling away, that you're, um, that that can't happen. But in the book of Hebrews, it talks of a covenant which was the law of sacrifices. And the Lord says that because of the fact that this was an imperfect law, because the people didn't have the Old and New Testament back then, he said that he was going to make a new covenant because the, all the children of Israel broke the covenant. They, uh, they sinned. And the Lord says he's going to make it easy on you because every time you sin, he gave them a little slack in the Old Testament. He says, just bring a bullock, a, a goat, a sheep, a lamb, or a turtle dove, and uh, take it to the priest, and they'll kill it, and then shed the blood, and put it on the altar in the most holy place. But the, in the book of Hebrews, it talks that this was an imperfect covenant. It was a temporary thing. It was a shadow, or a figure, or a type uh, of that which was to come, because the Lord is going to get everybody off the hook. He was going to send Christ into the world and shed his blood for the forgiveness of sins one time. And he said that he would uh, write in the Old Testament, he said he'd write his law, not on tables of stone, but he would put his 
law in our gourds inside your brain. Okay, and then also he write the law, which is never that he, when God writes the law, it's forever in our hearts, and that he and his son would come and live inside of us so that we have the power to not sin again, because this was a hassle. Uh, so people wanting to have a better covenant than this, where we have to just keep slaughtering all these thousands and thousands of sacrifices and uh, dipping our hands in blood and sprinkling blood all over the place. So the Lord says, I want perfection out of you people. I don't want you to sin anymore. And this is where the people really twist those scriptures in Hebrews, where the, it says that he came with the benefit. Christ paid the price for our sins once and for all for those that are going to allow God to write the law in their minds and in their hearts and that he died once and then he would come into you and live uh, and uh, until the day that you sin, because he said, if you sin, he says, there remains no more forgiveness for you. But if you do it like ignorantly, in other words, you don't know the whole Bible yet, but you do know about the Ten Commandments. Now, the law of sacrifices is over because the true sacrifice came. But the the moral law he puts in our hearts and gives us the power by living in us to be able to keep the entire law. Amen? Amen. Uh, but there's no longer the law of uh, all these animals and turtle doves and things like that that we have to sacrifice because that was in the chapter 7 of the book of Hebrews. It says that that wasn't a perfect thing to do to just keep slaughtering animals. And so he said he made a new uh, covenant, a new covenant, to the full assurance of hope unto the end, that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith, that you can't sin anymore, you got to have faith that you are not to sin again. Faith and patience, you will inherit the promises. And the promises are fantastic. The Lord promises that you'll be heirs and joint heirs with him and live forever in the kingdom of heaven. But he also promises that if you don't, you're going to hell in the lake of fire. Now, people tw uh, twist this around saying, well, Lord died once and for all so we can sin Yesterday, today, and forever, because Jesus did it all. No, uh, <laughs> the Lord did it all, and he wants to continue doing it all inside you. He wants to show uh, the world that he still uh, is here on earth living in people. He, uh, that, uh, uh, and the way that uh, people in the world can tell it is our old buddies want to call us out. Come on, let's go out and, uh, you know, party tonight or whatever. And you tell them no. And that gives glory to God. Or some of them say, come on, let's do something mischief. Or they take pride in saying, I'm bad. I'm bad. I want you to know I'm bad. So that people can think that you're hip. In other words, a lot of people think that you're hip. Or hip. 
you know, if you're bad. And they do things that uh, they, they don't have their eyes on the Lord. They don't have their eyes on the new covenant, which is uh, better than the first covenant. Because now it, when you know it's very easy not to sin if you're reading the word of God. Because it says, for when God made promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater. He swore by himself, God swore, saying, Surely, blessing, I will bless thee, and multiplying, I will multiply thee. And so this is verse 15 in chapter 6 of Hebrews. And so, after he had uh, patiently endured, he obtained the promise. So in other words, if we become born again and we patiently don't sin. In other words, there's all kinds of people in this world and all kinds of temptations. And if we patiently endure to the end. So patience is a very big virtue. And God was patient with the Hebrew children because he uh, allowed them to, there's some sins that he'd allow them to do, but they'd have to pay for it. They'd have to bring in a, uh, a ram, a lamb, a, a bullock or bull, or a sheep, uh, one of the sheep from their flock. But it had, they had to all be perfect. There couldn't be any spot or blemish in them whatsoever. Yeah, because uh, they were symbolizing the Son of God that would come into the world yeah, and that would be absolutely perfect without spot or blemish. He'd be without sin. And so the Lord came up with uh, a better covenant. For men verily swear by the greater you know, like, in other words, I swear by my uh, little cousin. Nobody's going to believe that, right? Mm -hmm. They say, who is your cousin? Well, I swear by my son. Well, I don't know your son. He's probably just like me, a sinner. But uh, the greater. And an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife. When God, this is verse 17, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirming it by an oath. So God makes an oath says, I'm going to cause you people to have so much power in you that you're going to have the power to never sin if you let me live my life in you and do my works in and through you. But if you think that I did it all and that you don't have to do anything, I don't want you to do anything, but I want to live in you and work in you to show people in the world what you are really is the... Uh, Christ incarnated living in you, okay? So you're the incarnation of the Lord Jesus Christ, okay? He's, he's incarnated himself. He's living still in flesh, in other words. Carnation, incarnation means flesh, like the Spanish people called 
carne. Uh, Christ is living in carne. Incarnation. Carne. Here we have chili con carne. Uh, chili with meat. So the Lord is living by the Spirit in meat. And if he's living in you, you can't sin. For he that sin is of the devil. Amen? Amen. So verse 18, that by two immutable uh, things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Well, how come we could have hope? Because God can't lie, it says. And he made a promise to us that we're going to get incredible benefits. We're going to live in heaven forever. If we let him live in us and through us. Okay? And so that means that we have to sacrifice our lives unto him who died for us. And that he said that we have to die out because we're all the same bread. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And then he said that we, who are the children of the Lord, are also the bread of life. He and us together are the bread of life. But you're not the bread of life if you uh, have accepted the bread of life, which is Christ in you, so that you can become one bread with him. Uh, you're not uh, the bread, uh, one bread they're the, the people of the Lord and, he, and the Lord. If you still sin, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul. Oh my God, it's so wonderful to have an anchor. You know, when you've got an anchor, in other words, uh, when a ship comes to dock, I used to be in the United States Navy. And when uh, a boat comes to shore, they throw the anchor out. And it, the, the, the ship can't get away anymore. And when you have an anchor for your soul, your soul can't sin anymore. Okay? Mm -hmm. Because Christ, the new covenant, is the anchor for your soul, to your soul. It can't get away anymore. It can't sin anymore, folks. Okay? Amen. And so they're turning these false prophets, these devils, are changing this, and that Christ paid the price, and we can sin yesterday, today, and forever, that Christ came into the world and took this horrible beating and was nailed to the cross, crucified, died, went to hell for us, and then rose from death, hell, and the grave to show the power of the living God, the resurrection. And 500 souls saw him ascend into the heaven in a cloud. And then he became the life-giving spirit, the power spirit, the wisdom. Christ is the wisdom and the power of God. Amen? Amen. So, I mean, power, what good is it to have power if you still sin? Amen. No, the Lord gives us power over sin. Amen? Amen? Christ is the strength of God. He's the wisdom of God. Without Christ, there's no wisdom for us because Christ is the only way that we can get into the kingdom. He's the only way into heaven. So that makes him the wisdom of God. 
Anything other than the wisdom of God or anything other than Christ is not wisdom at all. It's foolishness. It's stupidity. And so uh, where he gives us this new covenant, when we know that um, we are able, more than able to have victory. Amen? Amen. He gives us victory and gives us this anchor for our soul. Both sure, absolutely sure, and steadfast. Well, when you throw that anchor uh, in the, uh, the USS Boxer and the Ticonderoga used to dock right over there on North Island where I was stationed. Actually, in the Navy, I was a land lover. Uh, you know, and uh, I never was on a ship in the Navy. But I was stationed at North Island after I got, um, got out of boot camp at USNTC, United States Naval Training Center. And uh, we came out to the number one company. We were number one in this world. There was no other company in the Navy for 70 years. That was his, uh, that was 4-0. That was perfect. We were perfect in the Navy. And so the least that I can do is to be perfect for the Lord. Amen. Amen. So uh, I, I just love the idea that I don't, can't, I can't sin anymore. I've got, I'm anchored. Uh, uh, I can't leave dock. I mean, until somebody pulls the anchor up. And the only one that could pull the anchor up from you is if you started listening to the devil like Eve did. Amen. Amen. And so he'd yank the anchor out and you'd move away from the dock. And then you're out on the wild sea without any direction. But the Lord has given us direction. And if you don't care enough about your soul to seek with all your heart and soul, as the book of Proverbs says, because it's your very life, the word of God is spirit and it's life. Amen? Amen. Well, then you're going to take off into the ocean and you'd be uh, the sea the terrible sea of life. But uh, we have, we are uh, anchored. Our souls are anchored when we accept Christ because he's the power of God. Uh, the Bible says that all power, all power, A-L-L power in heaven and in earth is Christ. Amen? Amen. So God doesn't have any power at all unless it was Christ. But Christ is God. He is uh, the second part of the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that Christ is the one who created all things because Christ is the Word of God. When God said, let there be light, Christ went forward and there was light. Amen? Amen. Then when the Lord spoke and let there be man, here uh, let us be in our image and our likeness. And Christ uh, went down and picked up a couple of, a few hands full of sand and uh, made it into their image, Christ's image. He, he was going, he's the only part of the Godhead that has an image. He came into the world as an image so everyone back then could see him. So he makes us steadfast and which entereth into with the veil. Now the veil is symbolic of the flesh. So Christ uh, comes in, and our flesh is like a veil because 
it veils our soul. You can't see our spirit. You can't see our soul. You can't see the inner man. All right? Mm -hmm. And you can't see Christ or the kingdom of heaven when he enters into us because the kingdom of heaven cometh without observation, the Bible says. And so the only way that we can give glory to God is to allow Christ to live in us. And Christ never sins. So when we give our entire being, our heart, soul, mind, and strength over to the Lord, we will not sin because we're walking in the Spirit. We let we die out to the flesh because the Spirit mortifies the flesh. There's a mortification because we're not to be concerned with the trivial little things in the world because we are not going to get into heaven by trivial works. But we're to die out and let Christ do the work in and through us. And so many people try to hurry me into doing something, just like Christ's disciples tried to hurry him into getting over to where Lazarus was because uh, he was sick. But Jesus finally got bugged after trying to get him to move rather than to allow the Father to move him, the Spirit in him. He says, look, at Lazarus sleeps. And another one said, well, if Lazarus sleeps, that's good. Jesus said, Lazarus is dead. So what are you trying to hurry me for? Don't you know that the Lord, God, my Father, leads, guides, and directs me, and I'm going over to his uh, grave, and I'm going to raise him from the dead. And who are you disciples? Your flesh. Because you haven't been converted yet. After Christ died and uh, was resurrected from death and hell and the grave, he came in and blew his breath into them, and they received, he said, receive the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit came out of his body into theirs. And that's what the Lord wants every one of us to do, is to receive the Holy Spirit so that we have that anchor for our soul. So that we can be steadfast and full of patience and wisdom in the power of Christ. Remember, all power in heaven and earth and in earth belongs to Jesus, of Christ, who is God, who is the life-giving spirit, who is the power-giving spirit, who is the wisdom of God. To fear God and keep his commandments, for that is the whole duty of man, it says in the book of Ecclesiastes, okay? Now, it uh, tells us that Christ, that there was a symbol or a type of a fi or a figure of Christ, who is the high priest forever, and it's after the order of Melchizedek. Well, there was never any priesthood that was mentioned uh, in the Jewish, uh, the tribes of uh, the Jews, that was after any other priesthood than Aaron. But this was a better because Aaron was just a man and he sinned. He's the one that made the golden calf for the Jews. And so he was a sinner. But Melchizedek, the, the old prophet uh, Abraham, gave tithes and offerings unto this priest that nobody ever even heard of back then. So uh, the Most High God, who met Abraham... Uh, where he was turning uh, from the slaughter, Melchizedek met him. Now, here's the important part. If therefore perfection were um, by the Levitical priesthood, 
In other words, if that were perfect, it wasn't because people kept sinning and sinning and sinning. And uh, this is chapter 7 of Hebrews, verse 11. So if therefore perfection were by the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people receive the law. But uh, the law just said you have to sacrifice these animals or die. And if you committed certain uh, offenses against the law, well, then you were to be stoned to death without mercy. If it was perfect, then what further need was there that another priest should rise after the order of Melchizedek and not be called after the order of Aaron. Well, it's because God got sick and tired. The the Old Testament came. He got tired of them sinning. And so he doesn't want people to sin anymore. And that's why Melchizedek came to earth, and that as a man, or Christ, or God, came to earth as a man, and he became the high priest after the order of Melchizedek in the Old Testament. Verse 12, for the priesthood being changed, there is uh, made of necessity a change also of the law. In other words, no more animals, no more. This is the law of sacrifices. There's the law of sin and death. There's the moral law. There's the law of sacrifices. So the only law that was done away with was the law of circumcision, the law of giving burnt sacrifices, because these were just symbols or figures or type of Jesus that was going to come into the world and die for the sins of the world and then enter into us as an anchor and on a continuous basis an anchor for us so that we don't sin any longer. We're not going to just run to and fro like a chicken with his head cut off and live by our impulses and because we know that if we sin we can run in to it and uh, bring in a turtle dove or a lamb or ram or bullock or so on and get it done like the Catholics do today. That's what they... My brother Danny was a Catholic, and he used to run to the Catholic Church uh, 10 or 15 times a day uh, to uh, confess to a priest. That's, uh, they're really not priests at all, because many of them are not born again of the Spirit. Now, I've met many priests that I really liked in the, in the Catholic Church, but they're really not priests. The only, there's no priests, Old Testament priests, unless you're Jewish. And not only Jewish, but you have to be a priest from one tribe, which is the tribe of Levi, the Levitical priesthood, they call it. But now, he says, there has to be a change made because I'm sick and tired of you people sinning. So he wanted to do away with the law of sacrifices, so he sent his son into the world who sacrificed himself once and for all and for everyone once. So that if you accept him, uh, as uh, God said that he'd write his law in your mind and then he'll put it in your heart. Amen? Amen. So that you don't have to, that you, it's just a continuous thing with you. For he of whom those things are spoken pertaineth to another tribe 
of which no man gave attendance at the altar. This is a tribe, okay? For it is evident that our Lord uh, sprang out of, the, of Judah. Oh, there's a, but uh, the actual set, the priesthood was from the a tribe of Levi. So how could this man be the mediator or the high priest if he came from Judah is what it's saying. Of which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning priesthood. And it is yet far more evident for that after the similitude of Melchizedek, there arises another priest, similar, who is made not after the law of a carnal commandment. In other words, carnal commandment means you got to bring in a animal, a lamb, ram, dove, so on and so forth, but after the power of an endless life. Do you get it? Amen. So God uh, gives us an endless life, and he anchors us in that endless life because he causes us to not sin anymore. For if we sin willingly after the Holy Spirit, after Christ with his Father by the Spirit enters us, then there remains no more forgiveness for so he gives us an endless life. That's a fantastic promise, you know. Nothing like it in the world, except through Christ. For he testifieth, thou art a priest, forever after the order of Melchizedek. For there is verily a disannulment of the commandment going uh, before for the weakness and unprofitableness thereof. So the flesh is weak, but when Christ enters into you, then he gives you, he mortifies your flesh. It's dead then to sin. I mean, it doesn't die. You're not dead. You can still breathe. You still eat and sleep and so on and so forth. But your carnal, your immoral life, is over with. And therefore, uh, Christ died once for you, and he enters into you. And therefore, he gives you all the power of heaven and earth belongs to him, and he gives you that power to not sin. So that's your anchor. Amen? Amen. That's your anchor. So for the law made nothing perfect, because people kept sinning and having to bring these animals in. So the law of sacrificing is over with because Christ became our sacrifice. And when he enters into us, then we are the body of Christ. We're the bread of Christ. We're the actual um, light of the world. Amen? Because he, we're dead and he lives in us. We're the continuation of of the incarnation of Christ. 
Christ continues. Christ is on earth right now living in us. And so therefore when people, uh, that's why uh, Jesus said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Well, Saul says, I'm not persecuting you. I'm persecuting these Christians. If you're persecuting Christ, Christians that Christ lives in, you're persecuting him because Christians are his body. Amen? Amen. They're the same bread, and they are the light of the world. And uh, that's what people hate is because they're showing that Christ is the perfect one. So there's a better covenant, and uh, it's a better covenant, a better promise, a new thing. This is the, the, the this is now the covenant of perfection, where Christ died once, He lives in us, and um, now we're going to read about that in Hebrews eight uh, four uh, through thirteen. Read, please. For if He were on earth, He should not be a priest seeing that there are priests that offer gifts according to the law. According to the law. If you bring in the sacrifices, well, then you get the gift of forgiveness. Okay, then what? So there's a better covenant. Then what? Who serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly things. As Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle. For see, saith he, that thou make all things according to the pattern showed to thee in the mount. But now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry, by how much also he... See, it's a more excellent ministry because now, for God's sake, we don't, we can't sin anymore because we're anchored. Our souls are anchored in Christ. They're anchored at the dock and that we have, uh, by, uh, we have long suffering now. We are able to patiently have continuance in the Lord into the end of our lives so that our souls when it departs from our body our spirit goes up into heaven okay mm -hmm. because if the spirit that dwells in Christ dwells also in us then he God shall also raise us up from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in us but if there's sin on our soul well then we're not going to be able to raise from the dead and go to heaven. And so therefore, uh, we will, there's only one other place to go, and that's hell and the lake of fire. Okay, so continue on, please. By how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant. Yes, yeah, this oh, oh, a better promise, a better covenant, a better deal. I'm making you a deal that you don't have to sin anymore, okay? And you can't sin anymore because you're anchored in Christ. Because Christ is power. All power in heaven and earth belongs to him. All right? Amen. So you can't say, well, my flesh is weak, and so therefore I... No, if you've really got Christ living in you, and you're really born again of the Spirit, you get your mind off this world, and you begin keeping the commandments. And I notice that a lot of people, I know that there are millions of people um, that are listening to this program because we have ways of knowing how many people are because by the amount of people that uh, write in and uh, call in and email us and so on and so forth and so therefore I know that uh, a lot of them don't communicate to the Lord and that they're not keeping the commandments so go ahead 
He is the mediator of a better covenant. Yeah, he is the mediator because Christ, uh, who is all power in heaven and in earth, uh, came into the world as a man. And then he kept all the commandments of God, showing us that even though he was a man, he never kept uh, committed one sin. And he had the spirit to be able to convert us. Now, some people claim that they've never committed sin in their life, but they were born in sin. In other words, Adam committed the sin, uh, Eve did, and Adam as well. And therefore, we all became, all their offspring have the Adamic sin on their soul, and Christ has to live in us. And if you're not keeping the commandments of the Lord, then you're the biggest sinner going. If you're not letting Christ, if you're not allowing Christ to live his life in and through you, you're not, uh, you're not Christian. I mean, that's all there is to it. Mm -hmm. Because the law, even the Old Testament, they had to do things. They had to bring uh, sacrifices into the priest. They had to slaughter them. And they had to uh, repent of their sins. But if you're not, if you think that you can, that Christ did it all and you don't have to do anything, well, you're uh, following false teaching from false brethren. Uh, from false prophets because they don't understand these scriptures and if they do understand them then they tell you these things that you don't have to keep the commandments and that you can sin yesterday today and forever well then they're the devil all right they either ignorant or they're the devil all right then what else he is the mediator of a better covenant yeah isn't that better to not sin anymore to give you the power to not sin anymore Amen. So, I mean, what a hassle, you know, all the labors and knives and forks and spoon and everything, you know, just is horrible. Then what? He is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. Yeah, better promises. What's the better promise? Well, God, Christ, with his Father by the Spirit, who Christ, who is all power in heaven and on earth, and also is the one that keeps the the entire universe running just like clockwork by his power, his spirit, can easily make you to where you don't sin anymore. He's a wonderful anchor. Amen? Amen. Nothing like it in the whole Amen. world, darling. Amen. Okay, then what? For if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for a second. Yeah. Why do we have to see? Because the first was not perfect. We had to take uh, slaughter animals. Amen? Amen. Now we have the power of God in us. Amen? Amen. And we can't sin. Now, if you did it in ignorance, then repent and then just believe what I'm telling you from the Bible. Okay, then what else? For finding fault with them, he saith, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of yeah, Egypt. Yeah, because they were babes. They didn't know from nothing. There was no law yet. Okay, then go ahead. Because they continued not in my covenant. So when I told them what the law was, they didn't continue in it. Okay, because they uh, they didn't know anything. Then why? You took them by the hand, like you do little children. Then what? And I regarded them not, saith the Lord. Paid no attention. I, I killed them all out of the desert because they didn't keep, uh, they didn't follow my plan with the altar and the slaughterings of all these animals and so on. 
which was pointing to Christ, my son, who is all power in heaven and on earth. Amen. And Amen. he's perfect. And he can give he gives you the power to not sin anymore. Then what? For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days. Yeah, now listen to this covenant. Saith the Lord, I will put my laws into their mind. I'll put my law in your mind, folks. Because, you know, you can't carry these stones around with you that because they're made out of granite and they're heavy. Okay, so I'm going to write them in your mind. And then what? And write them in their hearts. And put it in your heart. That's the New Testament, the New Covenant, written in Christ's blood. Okay? And it isn't just chanting or incantations where you're just saying a few phrases over and over again. That infuriates God. But he, the, he, want, he says the whole New Testament is written in my blood, and I want you to know it. Because if you don't know it, well, then you're going to think like the Catholics do, where they can just keep going in, they can sing, and then they... My brother would beat his wife up, and then she'd bounce up from the bed, and he'd slug her again, and then he'd go in, and uh, he, he'd go to the priest and, Oh, Father, forgive me, for I have sinned. I beat my wife, or I went and had adultery with some other woman. I committed fornication. I did all these different things. And that, no, there's a better promise, amen? amen? The power of God, perfection. This one is after perfection. Amen? Amen. Then what? And I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. Yeah, because we, in other words, we're going to be godly people because we'll be sons of God. If we're our flesh, if it's been mortified by the Spirit of God that enters into us with Christ and the Father and the Holy Spirit, then we become sons of God because the Holy Spirit gives evidence of that because we start praying to God. Praise the Lord. In these days now that God... There are men and women and children that call upon the name of the Lord. Amen. And they praise and thank him because they feel his spirit. They feel his power. They know that he that has all power in heaven and on earth is living in them. Amen. Amen. And that's victory. And people should be praising Amen. and thanking the Lord for that. Amen. Amen. Okay. So this is a better covenant. And how they can twist this around the false prophets and make people say, well, Christ did it all. And so we don't have to do anything. Well, in one sense, that's true. You don't do, uh, he doesn't want us to do good or evil. He just wants to live in us and he wants to do the work. He wants to maneuver our bodies around and talk through us. Jesus, even Jesus said, the words that I speak to you are not my own, but it's the Father speaking through my mouth. And he says, and I want you to come and follow me. I want you to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me and let the Lord do the talking through you. He says, if they pull you into court, he says, don't think of what you're going to say, because if you're really born again of the Spirit, if I'm living in you with uh, the Father by the Spirit after I ascend into heaven, well then, you don't have to think of what to say, because when they start in, in, in um, giving you some kind of an inquisition in there, like they always do, these false judges and these false prosecutors, uh, they're going to say, uh, the Lord, the Father, is going to talk right to your mouth, Okay? Just like he's doing through my mouth right now to you. And the Lord said he's going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. And the way he does that is by preaching the gospel. And if you don't allow the Lord to use you uh, to first live in you and then you learn the word of God so that he can also talk through you. Well, then all the souls that you could have won 
will not be one. Uh, they cannot uh, go to heaven. And you will be charged for every one of their souls that have uh, would have been saved if you would have allowed the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to, uh, to enter into you and use you as an instrument to win souls. And the main thing that the Lord wants us to do is to gather souls for the kingdom. But we can't do that unless the uh, people in the world see the evidence of, of the all-powerful one, the all-patient one, the one that has every virtue in the, in the universe living in him. If people don't see him, Christ, with the Father by the Spirit living in you. Okay? And then what? And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord. For all shall know me, from the least to the greatest. Yeah, that's uh, in the body of Christ. But there's some people that don't have the knowledge of God, and that's your fault if you're not born of the Spirit. If you don't, if you're not... Um, thanking and praising the Lord for the new covenant, which is a better covenant than the old one. It's just live, let the Lord live in you. And uh, you become a new creature in Christ Jesus. All things, old things, fade away. Uh, you don't any longer uh, do the same things that you did before. You don't commit adultery, fornication. You don't think of uh, lusting because all that is in the world is the lust. So that's the lust of the flesh, lust of the um, eyes, and the pride of life. And so the Lord wants you to lust after the word of God. He wants you to just gobble it up, eat my flesh and drink my blood. That means eat the bread of life and for you to become the bread of life. You, he wants you to become the bread of life and the light of the world. All right? Amen. And so... Well, how's that? He says, well, he says, I am the light of the world. And then in another place, he says, when I'm in you, you are the lights of the world. He says, don't hide that light now. Let me, because the light, me, I'm the light. I live in you. And therefore, if you let me live my life in and through you, then you will be the lights of the world. And you will be the bread of life. Because I, the bread of life, am living in you, and we all become one bread. And that's why we all have to be broken down by doing what the Lord says. We have to take up the cross and follow the Lord. Now, by doing so, we, there's perils of false brethren and things like that. But still in all, we can't back off because of that. We're going to receive persecution. But what's more important, to receive persecution and uh, be able to go to heaven or to just hide in the background and uh, not get out there and let Christ do his thing in you by his power. Because if uh, he, uh, Christ, is doing his thing in you and you see trouble coming, all you have to do, he's so close to you. How close can anyone get? He's living right inside you. You're married to him. All you got to do is call on him and say, Father, Lord, in the name of Jesus, in the high priest after the order of Melchizedek, make a move for me, Lord. Destroy my enemies. Destroy my enemies, Father God. Make a way for me. I'm broke and I need money to do your work. And so if you want me to do your work, then send in some, uh, some fuel, some money here. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. 
This is uh, what the Lord says. Amen. Oh, I see my time is up. Oh, folks, you know, I'd sure like to continue on with this. And maybe the Lord will allow me to finish this message because uh, we've been putting a lot of scriptures together over here and uh, we haven't used hardly uh, any of them. Just this uh, sixth and seventh and eighth chapter of the book of Hebrews, just certain parts of it. So right now is the time that you can become a member of the body of Christ. You can be a member of the bread. And all of us, we Christians with Christ, are the bread of life. And you can have the light of the world living in you. You don't have to. It isn't grievous at all. Because when we die out and we're taken up the cross of denying ourselves, in other words, we don't let the world distract us. We just let Christ, uh, we are totally uh, given ourselves unto him then, uh, you know, we're going to be mean something in this world, uh, and we're going to be giving glory to God. So those of you that don't know the Lord, say this prayer, and you will know him then. For all shall know him that are of Israel. In other words, we become spiritual Israelites. So say to the Lord, my Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul, a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. And I believe that he died on the cross and shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all my former filthy sins. And I believe that you, Father, rose Jesus from the dead by the power, the all-powerful spirit uh, of Christ, the life-giving spirit. And I believe you'll do the same thing for me when I die, if I keep your commandments. And if I use the Lord as my anchor. Glory to God. So wash me of all my sins. I open the door of my heart. Live in me. I'll work in and through me in Jesus' name. I know you won't turn me away. You say that all that call upon you shall be saved. Therefore, I know that you heard me, and I know that you've answered me, and I know that I'm saved, and I thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my soul. Now keep praising and thanking the Lord and read the King James, not the New King James, but the King James Version of the Bible. And uh, Sharon, tell them how to receive a copy of uh, program number 553. Go to alamoministries.com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas 75505, or call area code 479-782-7370. That's 479-782-7370 or faxed area code 479-782-7406. Praise the Lord. This is World Pastor Tony Alamo. Uh, make sure you tune in tomorrow for the continuation of whatever the Lord wants to give you by His Spirit, because I am an instrument of the Lord, and I can assure you that it will be His Spirit talking through me. Right now, here I am to sing for you. We're living in the days of the Battle of Armageddon which is the war between God and Satan for the souls of men. And it's a word uh, situation, the word of God, or you accept the fallacy of Satan. Here it is, the battle of Armageddon. There's a mighty battle coming, and it's well now on its way. It'll be fought at Armageddon, oh, it'll be a fat, sad day. In the book of Revelation, verse in chapter 16, say, They'll be gathered their great armies for the battle on that 
that day. All the way from the gates of Eden to the battle of Armageddon, there'll be trials and tribulations, there'll be sorrow and despair. But he said, be not your trouble, for these things must come to pass, and your life will be eternal when you dwell with him at last. Turn the pages of your Bible in St. Matthew, you will see. Start with chapter 24, read from 1 to 33. In the Savior's blessed word, he spake on earth, he prophesied. And he spoke of that great battle, and it's coming by and by. All the way from the gates of Eden to the battle of Armageddon, there'll be trials and tribulations, there'll be sorrow and despair. But it will be not your trouble. Come to pass, and your life will be eternal when you dwell with him at last. There'll be nation against nation, there'll be wars and rumors of wars, there'll be great signs in heaven. And 